Awesome. Welcome to another episode of uh, Lounging in Lancaster. Um, we've got the guys, the distillers from uh, Hidden Stills on today, which is awesome. Uh, they we got some whiskey here. David E., these are two of your local distillers um, that have put out just an absolutely amazing product. So we wanted to have you guys come in, talk about it, because um, not many people in Lancaster quite know about the Hidden Stills in Lebanon. And Brian and I went up a couple weeks ago, was taking a look. Um, we did like a little tasting and walked through the Lebanon location. Um, so we kind of want to start there. How long have you guys been there in Lebanon? Um, so we opened up in August of 2015. Okay. Um, and we started distilling maybe only a couple weeks before our soft opening of our bar and restaurant was. So a lot of places what they'll do is they'll distill maybe for a year or two to get things you know kind of honed in we didn't really do that just timing purposes but we kind of hit the ground running as far as production goes and then opened it up, opened up um and we've been at the lebanon location the whole time and then we're looking to get out of here within the coming weeks okay hopefully. yeah uh, that's soon. to the hershey location yeah we've yeah. already um started shipping some odds and ends things uh stuff we don't really need you know within the coming you know months yeah. Um, I know you guys have a super large inventory as well. Yeah, so you know, doing, going up there and, and doing the um, the tour that we did, like you said, we got to try a bunch of like the different stuff, and like the space is beautiful, and it kind of makes sense to you know move out to Hershey, but that's that's gonna be a that's gonna be a heck of a. It's been a long time a coming, man. Yeah, yeah it's been a long time coming. Um, yeah. What prompted I mean, that move? Well, I mean, just the opportunity in Hershey. I think you know mm -hmm. um, when you're given such an opportunity like that, why not? Why why not take it? Yeah, um, it's just such a hub, you know. Obviously, for tourism, it really is a uh, hub. Just culturally, I mean, you see all age groups. Um, just can't say no. Right. Uh, There's I nothing mean, like that up there. Absolutely not. Not yet. Um, I mean, there is a, another distillery, micro distillery. Uh, put up a tasting room, uh, Tattered Flag. I'm sure you guys are familiar. Tattered Flag, yeah. Mm -hmm. Did a lot of great things, you know, over the pandemic. Um, they're out of Middletown, right? They're out of Middletown. That's where they're distilling. I think so. The tasting room in Hershey. Um, you know, and and they're not, you know, distilling, obviously. So we are going to truly be the first distillery. Awesome. Um, which is, I think, yeah, very prideful and, you know, proud of it. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Moving that equipment must be tough. Uh, that's got a lot saying. in that that's what I saw. There's location. a lot of stuff to move. Man, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of stuff, but it's not as, um, it's not as bad as it seems. Um, as Brian mentioned, we do have a large inventory. Um, the things that we've uh, started moving have been the barrels and... Uh, I had to do like a, I have to do a physical inventory every quarter, but mm -hmm. we were literally, you know, hand counting each one. Wow. And we have over 500 uh, <laughs> of various barrels, uh, predominantly bourbon, you know, a traditional mash bill style of bourbon. And then we have some weeded bourbon and then we have some rum and a lot, a good yeah. amount of rum and everything as well. So. And the rum is amazing too. That spiced rum is <laughs> absolutely Yeah, Yeah, our rum is one of our favorite things, yeah. honestly. Yeah. yeah. Rum. Spiced rum is great, but our well, other rum That rum in particular, the one that you guys have, if anybody gets a chance to try that from Hidden Stills, that rum is where it's at. The whiskey is absolutely phenomenal. Mm -hmm. But just like outside of the whiskey box... That rum is definitely something Yeah, putting it in mixed drinks is, there's so much flavor to it. Yep. Like, you get that such a such a strong spice from it. I Absolutely. love it. Yeah. It's so good. And rum is a super underrated category, an underrepresented category in the state of Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. You go down to Florida, and, I mean, it, you're in Everywhere. a whole new world. Oh, yeah. Um, Some people know. But uh, we're starting to get some really good traction as far as the spice rum and our aged rum as well. 
is, uh, you know, people really like that, too. Yeah. So. Not many people know about that yet, either. Um, in all yeah, honesty. I was going to ask. Um, I, didn't, I didn't hear about the age drum. Yeah, it's something we don't really have a whole lot of. Gotcha. It's kind of if, uh, if someone notices it on our, you know, item sheet or whatever, and they ask about it, it's like, you know, oh, yeah, we have this as well, and if they taste it, they're more than welcome to bring it on. That's awesome. Um, but it's not so much something that we're trying to hang our hat on, on just because... Mm-hmm. It kind of just kind of happened. You know, we were barreling rum to kind of see how it would turn out and so forth. And, you know, we really liked it. And we're going to, you know, increase production of it going forward. Yeah. I was going to in Pennsylvania, when you go to the liquor store, it's really only, like, Captain Morgan. Yeah. Like, there's <laughs> yeah, not a lot of Hardy Myers and That's not all you really see. It's not right. as much. It's more Captain Morgan than you're probably even fathoming. So we deal with, like, you know, distributors and so forth that, you know, Pennsylvania being a control control state, they give you a lot of data as far as what's selling, the percentage of all sales. And Captain Morgan, like, Captain Morgan 70-proof spice rum is 95% of all rum sales in the state of Pennsylvania. Yeah. So, you're, I mean, you're talking... Wow. It's because that's what everybody's familiar with. Yeah. That's all they're familiar it's, it's the with. Yeah, it's, the, it's, no, a, it's a household it's, name. It's like, why would I want to try anything else? Like, no. so this is what I, got, I know. So when that's I got into distilling, I was fresh out of college, and everybody knows what that sort of relationship is as far as, you know, college kid <laughs> and alcohol, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, that's what it was. So, like, if I was at... <laughs> we're all familiar with I went, I went through those yeah, years. Exactly. <laughs> so if I went to a bar and I was like, you know what, I'm feeling a rum and coke, I just, like, assumed it was spice rum and Coke. And, right. You know, other than I knew Captain Morgan, Sailor Jerry, and Calico Jack. Mm-hmm. Calico. That was it. Oh, man, Calico Jack. But, I mean, there's... The plastic bottle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anything in a plastic yeah. bottle is dangerous. Yeah. Cool logo, and you always though. told yourself it was like, oh, no, it's it's like cheaper Captain Morgan. It's uh-huh. like, you can yeah. yourself. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. You convince yourself. Throw it in Dr. Justified. Pepper. It's yeah. yeah. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. So you just kind of like, you know, just what what rum is to yeah. most people. It's right. Captain Morgan and Coke, but it's sense. so much more. And it's a whole world that, you know, just being where we are just doesn't get the recognition mm-hmm. it does. I mean, you go down in the Caribbean, I mean, it's, 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 all, I can't even get into it. It's just, mm-hmm. it's I mean, whole, so many good ones, though. I mean, they're a lot of good ones. So, so, like, what I do with a lot of, like, the training procedures, you know, going in different restaurants and bars and whatnot, some of the things that I, like, tell the bartender specifically to, to ask when somebody says, can I get a rum and coke? Because, like you said, they automatically assume, mm-hmm. oh, it's, you know, captain. Mm-hmm. Ask, you know, white or dark rum. Right, so they say dark rum, you know, spiced or actual dark rum because you have Myers, mm-hmm. you have pirate rum. A lot of bars don't really carry a lot of different types of of, of rums because they think they're going to sit on it. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why Captain Morgan predominantly is ninety five percent of the rum sales in mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, like you said, because nobody's like taking the time to actually educate themselves on it mm-hmm. as well. How much different different is your process on whiskey and rum? Um, Significantly. Well, yeah. yeah. So the first off, the base ingredients are totally different. So rum Long has passes. to come from a, like a, it has to come from cane sugar. So you could have a couple different things. You could have, you know, raw sugar, you know, like extra EFG sugar, right. you know, table sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have molasses. You yeah. could have, um, there's, I don't know if you ever heard of rum agricole. So when you actually make, uh, sugar you squeeze the sugar cane and out comes like the juice like the juice itself yeah and what they do is they 
they do a pro it's like they boil it off and then the molasses is the byproduct of boiling it off and then the uh you know like the fine sugar is right. you know your solid portion but rum agricole is they actually ferment the juice that you squeeze i think they use that for um that, that's the distillation process for cachaça which is I don't know like cachaça is a brazilian rum oh, okay. it, it uses agricole oh okay cool. you know that that's that's the process yeah that's really like that's their rum they can't they don't call it rum right. mm -hmm. they call it cachaça uh -huh. but that's that's like the the rum of brazil that's cool that's and that's typically like your big separation beyond that our you know our fermentation times are the same our still times are the same um rum will take a little longer to distill just because it's it's super high proof i mean it's already so raw sugar, sugar. yeah it's All already sugar. simple you know and we use uh pretty like super duper yeast that is specifically designed for molasses and sugar fermentation um so i mean you're getting up to anywhere between 15 to 17 percent just so to get all that out of there you know it just takes a while for the still to run um where whiskey production let's say bourbon i mean you're really looking at like seven and a quarter eight percent um so i mean that's the big difference is you know your raw ingredients um but then we have it sounds like productions roughly equal though i mean you might have a little longer run time yeah i mean you're looking at a, a day of mashing in mm -hmm. so i'm mean, actually we got some real good pictures that's what we were making that day you guys were in there yeah um because yeah, we were up there doing yeah doing a little bit of photography and we were winding things down i was like hey do you want to get some action shots we're about to you know mash did in you see here. those i did not oh my god yeah, yeah, really yeah you didn't see the final product yeah 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 mm -hmm. these guys were like pouring in the wood. that was molasses yeah it was molasses it, it looked oh, okay. it honestly he even posted a picture on his uh instagram and it looked like a picture like straight out of like 50s, 60s. <laughs> oh yeah yeah and you i think you captioned it it's to that funny too. yeah it's it was so just funny like big buckets of like this black like tar it's looking yeah it's thick yeah it's, <laughs> it's thick stuff yeah, for sure it's and, funny uh, you bring that up because like it's tasty yeah i'm not really a social media guy you know right. I, I don't have facebook or smart but <laughs> for the for the business a couple months ago i got an instagram you know to just see it makes well, a huge impact see it? who i could reach you know and just talk about what we do you know yeah. back in the you know production facility right um and I always like ask Pete for advice. I'm like, dude, I think this would be a good post. Like, but we stew over the ca the caption. Yeah, we're always right. like, trying to bridge the gap. Like, what yeah, should yeah, I yeah. say? And, like, yeah. I'm a very like concise, crisp, like mm -hmm. speaker. You know, I just I get to the point. I'm like, right. oh, what if I just say this? And he's like, dude, that's so monotone. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> you gotta but, read it out of the. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. just. But and then like we stewed over it. We got an argument. And then like I was like. <laughs> Wait, I think I got it. And that's when I said, like, oh, rum production in the 1940s. Just kidding. It's very clever. Yeah, Easy that. way to get out of, like, you know, writing full captions for your post. <laughs> yeah. It's just go all hashtags. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I suggested that. And he hashtag rum. Hashtag yeah. molasses. Hashtag, you can add all the hashtags. You won't I even have to say really, it. really. I mean, I'm that's just dummy. That's exactly I actually suggested that. But it's huge for you guys. I mean, social media is could yeah. blow oh, a yeah. brand I mean, you know, you know, get yeah. on it, you oh know what I mean? Absolutely. So, and, like, I'm just not a social media guy. Right. So, for me, again, it's just, just like an Instagram page, you know, was like a big step, and, you know, so huge. it was 
captions. I can, he's my PRA, my public relations assistant. <laughs> <laughs> Which is serious. It goes through yeah. me, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I need that filter. Yeah, 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 really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean that's, those are people's full-time jobs. You're you trying to please so a lot of different people, too. There's companies that have a whole social media team. Exactly. Yeah. Like four so or five that, people. It's that, like, that's that crazy. PRA title, I mean, it's no, it's no joke. I mean, it should, I mean, it's serious. I mean, you, you don't want to look bad over social media of all things where you're you're out there to everyone i mean anyone can literally see what you're about they can view you like and people all over can view you no absolutely you know like one hashtag hashtag whiskey you've got a guy sitting in albuquerque (laughs) oh my god it's like oh hey that actually looks like a good bottle you never know what do you mean pa's got good whiskey let me try it and then they ship a bottle out and that's a sale no you know absolutely you never know if you look at the hidden stills um their instagram page it's 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 very aesthetically pleasing there's Mm -hmm. a lot of content on there there's good information you guys have so much product as well so yeah we have a pretty big lineup yeah um it's obviously like more whiskey driven of course um but it's just fun to do other things and yeah not everybody loves whiskey so if you don't catch you know the whiskey sale or whatever it's Mm -hmm. like hey you know we make this that and the other Maybe you want to try it, and you may like it. So. Yeah, yeah. You guys have a vodka too, right? Yeah, and vodka. The vodka too. We actually tried it that day. Yeah. After the um, that one shoot for that. Yeah, the tasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it was pretty. That's good. definitely my favorite, though. The rye. Yeah. No, that's, that's what a lot of people too. say. Mm-hmm. It's no, it's, would you say that's one of the uh, one of the top hits um, over at the distillery? Um, like top three? What would you say? So rye is very regional. Mm-hmm. So we see rye being popular in like certain areas i've seen that too being, which being is, in the beverage and, industry for 15 so over dope. 15 years i've mm-hmm. seen that a lot and i don't know if it's a price point thing because like rye or rye's are typically more expensive right so i don't know if it's kind of a you know it's regionality as far as that goes or i don't think people know enough about it yeah it's definitely it not yet i think we're seeing a trend though yeah it's definitely trending up um, in the past two years, I've seen it trending yeah. like up a lot. Especially being, being in the restaurant industry, for sure. Especially. So for the people that are listening that have no idea, what's the difference between rye and like your your other bourbons? Yeah, so bourbon and rye follow a lot of the same guidelines and regulations, um, except they're kind of uh, inversely proportional as far as what they're the majority of their base product base. Uh, raw ingredient comes from so bourbon needs to come from at least 51% corn and then the other 49% needs to come from a cereal grain rye on the other hand needs to be 51% or 51% rye then the other 49% comes from a cereal grain gotcha. um, if you notice this little term here it's a straight rye whiskey so okay. straight means that it was aged in a brand new unused barrel for a minimum of two years bourbon's the same thing He's BH and a brand that's new. That's the straight is for for yeah, those that don't really understand. Right, yeah. Though. So that's what they signify. So as far as the difference is, it's mainly the raw ingredients. Um, our rye uh, comes from eighty six percent rye and fourteen percent corn, fourteen uh, percent malted barley, um, which is actually more of a throwback style nowadays. What you see is what I would like to call the the Kentucky style rye. Gotcha. Um, so a lot of these Kentucky bourbon <clears throat> distilleries, they'll, they have rye whiskeys as well. You know, you have actually Elijah Craig has a rye whiskey now, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Pikeville, and, uh, Rittenhouse and so forth. Um, 
but they ride the guideline very close. So they'll have like close 50, to the uh, 50 almost. Like they'll have like, like fifty-five. What is it? Almost. I mean, I call it almost bourbon because it's, it's literally yeah. gotcha. They're like yeah, a fifty-five percent. Right. So we're like a high rye rye um, with compared to most of the stuff you're seeing. You know, in the main on the mainstream shelf. Would you say that's a true reform? Um. Or no. Just depends. No. Yeah, because I mean, if you're following the rules and everything, you can throw on that it's straight rye whiskey. I mean, that's right. It's true. form. You're following the rules. You right. know what I mean? Right. Um. A lot of people. How much does that change your taste, though? So fifty-five percent to eighty-six percent. I mean, that's a Very, large amount of yeah, right. So rye is a very very flavorful distillate where corn is more of a uh, neutral sort of distillate i mean think of like you eat corn i mean you gotta sauce it up with you know butter and salt and everything you know to give add flavor where you take a piece of rye bread just like it has its a, own personality a bite of a piece yeah, of you rye know bread. You're, I mean, you're talking oh, yeah, you're talking yeah. it's spicy Distinct. i mean you're so rye in its own sense is a much more flavorful grain as opposed to corn. So when you're talking a difference of almost 30%, it's, it's a lot that's more huge. flavor. Yeah. Um, that's why a lot of people will say, like take the Kentucky style rye, a lot of people will say most of your ryes that are on the shelf that come from Kentucky are only about like four or five years old because that distillate is so flavorful um, that any longer in those really aggressive season changes uh, is just too much. Um, that's why you're seeing like a lot of these like three to six year old rise to be very, very high quality. Um, where bourbon, you know, corn being a more neutral grain, neutral distillate, it's very, very uh, dependent on the barrel influence where yeah. like rye is just not. Um, gotcha. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. That's interesting. And but if the, you order a rye, I mean, you want rye. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Sure, you think so. I, I would, I would assume, you know, with that whole process, and I didn't even realize that you guys do it to that, to that extent. Yeah. yeah. If you're ordering a rye, you want that rye. So aging rye for too long starts to have a, a bad effect. It can Could. happen. I'm not saying it happens yeah. all the time, but I mean, it's definitely. So you'll never see like a 12 year rye. I'm not you know saying. I mean? you, you will see. I like to try it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like to see it. yeah. No, you right. will see it. Um, like some some of whistle pig stuff. I mean, whistle pigs. Oh base. yeah. Mm-hmm. They have their twelve year rye. So their base expression is a ten year, but they're a Canadian whiskey, so they don't have to follow some of the guidelines of like an American straight rye. So they okay. age in used barrels. Um, and you won't see like straight rye on there. Right. Barrels. You're just going to see rye whiskey. Right. Um, but because they're used barrels and not fresh barrels, uh, they can sit there longer. And there's a lot of other things during the barrel aging process that go on, but then you're not taking on as much of that oak and wood influence as like a fresh barrel. Um, but to talk about, the difference between like ours and more of like a traditional like a or a kentucky style rye that i was talking about um and i'm not knocking those ryes whatsoever they're I mean, amazing those, yeah, they're no, they are. the kentucky bourbon scene is doing an amazing job right now um they're setting the bar and we're just we're trying to get there um, cool. it's high it's yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's high. High. it was never low and that's like the different parallel between uh craft beer and craft spirits mm-hmm. craft beer i mean people would say you know back in the like early 90s 
what was going on. It was like just watered down pilsners, you know what I mean? So, so when yeah. people were putting, you know, super flavorful beer in cans, it was like, holy smokes, what is this? Right. Where with spirits, it was always good. I yeah. mean, if right, you yeah. get your hands on like a, mm-hmm. what they call old dusties, or if you get a, yep. a decanter, you know, like a Jim Beam White from the 1970s, <laughs> it's unreal. I mean, we're talking, you know, eight nine ten year bourbon wow interesting you know is that just because of how long you sit on it you think it was just or a different the, indi- the industry has was, just always been like a, it was a whole different animal a higher chemistry I th- yeah i think there there's always been a certain pressure in the bourbon scene i mean uh in america uh for sure you know um but it's come to the you know we're trying as a craft we're trying to mimic uh you know as best as we can it's just simply like i said the bar is just set so high um and you know through the processes that they've come to learn i mean it's just it's kind of hard to uh, grasp that you know uh level of perfection right uh, as a craft well you guys are getting damn close well you hope i mean, <laughs> I mean like, this, you know, this is really good stuff no it's phenomenal and our yeah. philosophy is the fact that and you kind of touched on it with the uh you know, clothing, furniture, food and beverage, and so forth. The artisanal way of manufacture, I think, is here to stay. Like, people want to know how things are getting made, where the materials are coming from. What's the story? What's the story, and so forth. And I think what people want is that artisanal product. And I don't even think that's a word, artisanal. (laughs) (laughs) They want the artistry behind it. They want to know. And that's what's great about this podcast because we wanted you to come on to talk about it because it's like this right here comes from you too. It's all you guys. That's amazing. So so it was was a really (laughs) brief conversation because him and I, you know, we went up, what was it like about a month ago? We went up about a month ago. I went there, you know, to kind of bring some product in some of the restaurants that I work with in the area of building cocktail programs mm-hmm. and, and, and whatnot. And I thought it was a phenomenal product. I wanted to hear more about it. Got to taste it. Thought it was great. Him and I talked about it because he went on the tour as well. It was him and I. And then we started this thing and it was like, oh my God, I think it would be awesome to bring in Hidden Stills because yeah. for one, the product is absolutely amazing. Two, they're close by, mm-hmm. and their story is is dope, and they're yeah. moving, you know, to this new location. So why not? Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? and like I said, I, I think the artisanal way of manufacturing the interest in the general public is only going to grow. I mean, I think it's here to stay, and it's only going to grow. Oh yeah. What we want to be, we want to be that handmade artisanal product, but with the major market distillery attributes. We want to hit that. You know, three plus year, four oh, yeah. year, five year, six year, and so forth. We want to say straight bourbon or straight rye right. and everything, and we want to hit that quality as well that comes along with those attributes. Right. That's awesome. I mean, it's an industry that I think everyone knows and appreciates in some form, but it's such an easy one with a craft distillery. You know, if you have one nearby to to check it out, I think it's you know uh, relatable to a yeah. lot of people and. Uh, you know, just that that aspect, I think, the, is really cool. The new location, will you guys be able to, like, the way it's set up, will you guys be able to see some of, like, because at the Lebanon location, you had that big window where you can kind of see yep, into the distillery. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's going to be a big yeah, window. So, yeah, right? Um, that place is huge, though, isn't it? It, I mean, it is. In comparison yeah, to the one right now. Yeah, and it's crazy because, like, in craft spirits, where we're at now is considered large. Wow. Um 
That is a so, pretty big space. Yeah. So where we're moving in is like, it's massive. Um, <laughs> so there's a lot of like room to maneuver there. Mm-hmm. If if we set it up and because there's going to be growing pains. And there's going to be food too, right? Like you yeah, we had food yeah. before. Yeah, so right. we had a full barn restaurant um, that we temporarily closed down to just kind of focus on every, put everything we could, right. you know, to get to Hershey because mm-hmm. like was that before or after COVID? Did you guys make that before COVID? Yeah, yeah. Wow. actually, so everything kind of just worked out the way it was supposed yeah. to. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> thankfully, yeah. I mean, yeah. again, um, it's kind of bizarre, you know, to even say this, but we were, you know, almost fortunate to do what we did, not luck out, right? You know what I mean? Right. Um, because advantage. we were on track, you know, we were closing down the restaurant and like construction was starting like in a, a few months. Wow. Um, and if it wasn't for close if covid didn't slow things down how as much as it did we would have opened up like maybe right before yeah. was close. Uh, oh, wow. the covid even hit that. like we didn't even know covid was coming right. and then like just you know things got you know permits and so forth it's a lot of, of processing course, of time things got pushed off enough of where covid hit and it was like if we would be open i mean right we it may gave not you a little bit more time. Today, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, to adjust. I to mean, adjust to, to really it. hone in on certain things, uh, hopefully. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate to say that we were fortunate because there's a lot of people out there right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it worked out to you. know, that we're really feeling for. You know, everyone's feeling for. Same. So. Same. Been in the industry for a long time. Now, you guys so. are also, I, I think he said, is there going to be, like, almost a cigar lounge? <laughs> is that, did I hear that? That's, that's a rumor. Is that in the talks? Have I heard rumor. some rumors yeah, that, like, that's, that's, that's a secret? Yeah. I've heard, I've heard that building's going to be, like, six or seven yeah. or eight different things. Okay. <laughs> 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 On that day, it was a cigar lounge. Right, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no. He I've, wants that. He wants no. to make that work. Right. Yeah, that so, is, so cool you're thing. referring to Mr. Stein, the owner. Yeah. Um, so he has said that he really wants a cigar lounge, which would be super lit because they have a catwalk that, like, connects mm-hmm. it. Right. So, like, we get off work and, you know, like, oh, let's yeah. go have a whiskey and a cigar, you know. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Shit, I'd be up there, like, every weekend. <laughs> like, if that's the case, like, no, yeah. I'll buy a locker. That's a, <laughs> I'll be one. I'll, I'll contribute money. No, that's, that's, it would be really cool. That would be really cool. I hope that yeah. uh, comes to fruition for sure. Yeah. So what brought you guys into whiskey? I mean, how did you get started in this? I mean, you had said earlier, like, just out of college, but, like, did you study this? No, or? so I got super lucky, you know what I mean? So the uh, the best connection I made in college, I ended up falling in love with her, and my wife is Mr. Stein's daughter. Oh, you know what I mean? okay. okay. Awesome. But, uh, you know, again, like, Think, like I never intended, you know, just because that connotation, you know what I mean, of like right. asking your father-in-law for a, you know, a job and everything. So when mm-hmm. I gra- I graduated from Penn State, and we are uh, <laughs> right on right there. Um, was he already was he already in the business of, of no bourbon? no like so, so none of that was was talked about none of that was even like no an idea so, even no um so um I graduated from college and. I wanted to get uh, what I wanted to do was be an exercise physiologist in like a cardiac rehab facility, um, and I did an internship. Way at, different than making whiskey, right? No, I, <laughs> well, yeah. I did an internship at Lancaster General actually, um, in the cardiac rehab facility, mm-hmm. and got a ton of really good experience. Got my clinical hours where I could sit for the one test that was uh, was the ACSM exercise specialist. 
um, certification. Um, but I was like, man, do I want to pay for this test? I'm probably still going to need more schooling. And, you know, I just got off a four-year degree. I was like, do I really want to do that again? Wow. Um, so I joined the Army. So I went off to basic <laughs> training. Um, Crazy. I, I know. Yeah, you've got a great story. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> super like, interested. Yeah, yeah, right. Here's a disguise of life. I swear right. the most interesting thing. Now I'm like, I'm not oh, yeah. <laughs> so I really, though, joined... So I went to basic training and did basic training, did AIT, came back, and then it was like, again, like, oh, do I want to go to school again? What do I want to do? So I uh, I had some family friends ask me if I wanted to help out, you know, with the roofing company. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'm taking some time off. You know, I just did eight mm-hmm. months of Army time. Just, just, I need a break. I'm taking time off. I just want to turn my brain off and just do whatever. And I roofed for a couple months and absolutely loved it, man. It was hard work, but like super rewarding. It was just. I'm gonna take a break and go do roofing. (laughs) I just need to 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 slow down. It's it's an in demand like yeah, Yeah, that's like a very in demand thing to do as well. Yeah, I I did roofing. That is hard work though. Like when you're climbing up the ladders and you've got all the roofing stuff. No, no joke. I did basic carpentry. I did roofing stuff. I did all that. Steaming hot. Eight hours on a roof is like 12 you know on like <laughs> yeah. hot asphalt um, yeah but uh and like the people i work was working with were awesome it was like they worked super hard mm-hmm. but like when it like there was nothing to do it was super relaxed you know what i mean they're just good guys mm-hmm. to work with nice. um bennett's roofing shout out um, <laughs> shout out yeah if you need some you know <laughs> some good roofing done. <laughs> oh yeah but uh did that for a little bit but you know work. i was just getting paid under the table like i wasn't even a productive member of society you know what i mean so yeah right around that time stein was opening up the distillery and i was like hey does you know humbly i was like hey like is there any room for me or whatever and he's like yeah sure i'll throw you in the back in the production facility you know and i had already had a master distiller um a production manager and uh, we had one other guy working back there um his son actually okay. um and then me was this and, at the uh, Lebanon lo- location? Yeah, still at the yeah. Lebanon location. Gotcha. Um, and that's 2015. That's 2015, August okay. 2015. Wow. Um, and then I started working back there, and I was just a laborer whipping grain around. But, uh, you know, again, like, there's that connotation, you know, you're working for your father-in-law and so forth. So mm-hmm. I gave everything I had just to learn everything, just so people working around me weren't like, oh, man, yeah, Cody, he's only here, you know. Right. Because, yeah. you know, he's dating the, you know, boss's daughter or whatever. So I just learned everything. I mean, I read, I read textbooks, you know, reread textbooks, you know, worked for a little bit, read the same textbook to understand it even better. Just educate uh, yourself. Knowledge is your um, Jumped in. And then, That's awesome. And then four years, or not four years, uh, four months into the whole thing, the original head distiller left. And Mr. Don was like, hey, like, can you run this place? And... <laughs> I had only four months of training under somebody, and I'm still good friends with the guy, and mm-hmm. he'll even joke around and say, like, oh, yeah, you got trained for four months by somebody that didn't even know what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'm hot, you know, hot stuff. You know, I, I can do this. And hit the ground running and made a ton of mistakes and learned yeah. from my mistakes and just kept taking my lumps and, mm-hmm. uh, like, where, where I'm at now and compared to like where i was at then i mean it's it's just night and day it's wow. learning though i mean that learning curve once you're you're thrown into it no oh, yeah and but it's that's cool because you took on that responsibility which a lot of people like 
either shy away from or because that's a big animal. Oh yeah. Yeah. Not only that responsibility, but also the responsibility of you know living up to the your your father-in-law as well. It's like holy crap! I have so many things to let down. But I will say is like when you get in any field, you know, like what you do in your forty during the week, like that, like that's your job. That's the bare minimum. Right. It's like if you want to get ahead, it's the after your nine to five, you know, at night, you know, doing research, practicing things. Because it doesn't stop. Doing whatever. That's how you get ahead. Right. Um, Any small and business I, owner can tell you that, too. What I will say <laughs> is, oh, yeah. like, what this is, like, you know, distilling, it is a really th- easy thing to Im- immerse yourself in. I mean, who doesn't, who wouldn't just, like, dive into the production of whiskey? You know what I mean? Mm, like, right. and again, like, I was fresh out of college, you know, rum and coke was me, you know, that, yeah. that was the standard. Yeah, now you're making coke. this, you probably feel like a badass. Yeah. Once I got into it, like, I just, I couldn't stop. You know what I mean? So right. it is just one of those things where it's like, it's super easy to just like dive in and become obsessed with. Wow. Yeah. It's a commitment. What was the feeling like after like... Like one of your first barrels that you opened that was like all on you. Super and like you sit down and you have like a, your first glass and you're yeah. like, this is what I made. Um, it's super frustrating um, because like what we're into, we're not like most craft distilleries, most craft distilleries. I mean, there's, hey, there's a lot of ways to make alcohol, whiskey, and so forth. We just, mm-hmm. we think we're doing the right way, our, like the, for us. Yeah. Um, and for us, we uh, have stuff sitting in barrels for, you know, a number of years. You know what I mean? So, like I said, when I first took, o- took over and I'm making a decision, I have no idea if the decision I'm making is a good one until years down the road, right? I mean, there's something that you can tr- kind of, you know, follow barrels. Yeah. And, like, as you learn, it's like, learn even before that barrel's ready to be harvested, you, you may learn just like, oh man, what was I doing? You know, and that happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. An immense amount of times. Um, wow. But even now, it's still so frustrating because a lot of, like, our older stuff that's, like, in bottles, I know in the back of my head that it's still not our best stuff. Oh. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, well, I'm just, because, like, I don't know if you've you're had excited our... for like 2023, 2024. Right. Yeah. Yeah, when yeah, you exactly. know that like these are going to be the ones those that are the like ones. are coming those out. Are the heavy like, hitters, yeah. Those, those yeah. Are be and we ones. have some stuff that's coming out right now that I will say like once this stuff is like of age, it like th- like this is it. And wow. I, don't, I don't know if you had our Davidy yellow label. I did. So our Davidy yellow label, we actually came out in response. To COVID nineteen because you know the hard times that we were kind of talking about mm-hmm. and it's a right. grain to glass straight bourbon whiskey at eighteen ninety nine as a craft as a, right. which is Speaks relatively volumes. unheard of. You had that, yeah. I did. Yeah, have that. I was actually at a cocktail mm-hmm. party at the house and I did. Uh, I thought it was absolutely phenomenal for, to, for that specific cocktail that I made. I did old fashions with them, right? Mm-hmm. Using you know, the David E. the yellow uh, with Demerara syrup and then two different types of bitters. So I use, uh, I think I used Angostura bitters and mm-hmm. chocolate bitters mm. as oh, well. Okay. Wow. And it was 
Absolutely. It was really oh, good. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, man. It was just really, to, really good. Yeah. <laughs> just to shed some light on that specific product. So, right, that product, it's it's 80 proof, and it's only two years. But, it, like, it's so young. But that stuff is, like, right where I felt like I was hitting my stride. Right. So, actually, like, I will put that two-year... 80 proof bourbon against any of our other bourbons just because process just gets better over time. I mean, if you're oh, not okay, getting yeah. better, what are you doing? Right. 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 You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, oh, of um, not that any of our other stuff, like, I, I, I love our other stuff. Um, but when people say, like, oh, it's only two years, it's, uh, it's only 80 proof, like, oh, it's super cheap, don't discount it. Right. You know, price, you know, yeah, that's what a lot of I people couldn't do tell. I, I put it up there with, like, really good old fashions that I've ever had. Yeah. So it's like, 100%. and that comes from just solid because it's a well Because it's a well-balanced yeah. whiskey itself. And if you're able to concoct it into something else, that means the character of the whiskey itself has its own personality, right? For sure. Yeah, it's quality, it's good. If you could dress it up a little bit and it complements all the other flavors, then... Mm -hmm. Mr. Stein, we'll, we'll say this. <laughs> And I don't know how true it is, because, like, I don't really drink Manhattans too much. Right. I mean, it's crazy coming from whiskey guy, right? <laughs> um, I love them, but they're dangerous. Yeah. He knows. I'm definitely... I'll get, like, two or three I, I a night, know, and maybe, it's like... Oh, yeah, oh, I've made, I've made oh. some really easy, easy <laughs> drinking Manhattans, and I'm like... He's like, yeah, I'll take a third one, and I'm like... Maybe it's the vermouth. Sure? I don't know. It's, like, it's got to be the vermouth. straight and everything. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not a vermouth guy, but he, okay. he said, he's a Manhattan guy through and through, like, loves the stuff. Yeah, yeah. And he says, like, our stuff, like, been drinking manhattans for years he says arbor makes the best manhattan nice. i don't know if that's true okay. or not you have to judge for yourself yeah you have to judge for yourself. i haven't had it in a manhattan form yet fine i'll Do make it. you one yeah i know <laughs> it's good having like one of your best friends as a bartender <laughs> yeah, it's like any time that we want to make something real nice it's just <laughs> that's awesome yeah, so, yeah. No, like, I, like i was saying that that whole bartending thing i mean it's so foreign to me but i've tried to i learned a little i, re I read most of this book i forget the title of the book but it's super scientific too. Like I was learning about how like shaking, it like shocks it to drop the temperature down. What like optimal cocktail temperature is like forty five degrees or something like that. Sessions, Your yeah. cocktail ends up being twenty five percent water. Yeah. So if you, so if you shake, if you shake a cocktail, typically they say thirty to forty times of a shake. Yeah. You don't want to shake whiskey, obviously. Right. That you want to stir because you want to keep the characteristics of the whiskey itself. Because um, there's certain molecules in whiskey that you could break up a little bit and it kind of dilutes it too mm -hmm. much. So it takes away from the personality and the characteristics mm -hmm. of the whiskey itself. Whereas opposed to like a gin or a vodka, even if you do shake, like there are certain cocktails that you can shake whiskey with, like a paper plane. Oh, the paper plane. I had that for <laughs> Nia, man. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, good, yeah so definitely. Good. So, which is, you know, bourbon, Campari, um, Oh, no, uh, bourbon, Aperol, lemon juice, and Amaro. That's what a paper plane is, so you shake it up real well. It adds a whole other ounce of dilution to mm. it. Yeah. It's Something else I was looking into as far as, like, bartending goes, because, like, I'm not really a cocktail guy. You know, right. I'll get an old-fashioned or whatever. Yeah, whiskey, whiskey sour. sour. Yeah, love whiskey <laughs> sour. Yeah. Gin and tonics. Um, but that's about it as far as cocktail goes. I, if I'm getting whiskey, it's going to be neat or whatever. Yeah, same. Or if I'm sitting down... You know, uh, for dinner I'll get a beer. Yeah. Um, but I love the aesthetic of cocktails. You know how they look, how they're presented. Right. And I was reading about uh, <clears throat> clear ice, oh, and yeah. that there's a whole like kind of community on 
clear ice in a cocktail. Yeah. Like using directional freezing, and then you can even create a um, custom. Yeah. Like ice shapes and everything, like in a highball, you have like a massive sh- clear shard yeah, yeah, yeah. of ice going down instead of like cloudy cubes mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. So I've worked, I've worked in places um, outside of like you know the area and whatnot where we would work with other companies that would just specifically focus on ice. They were just an ice manufacturing company for restaurants, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So they would deliver these. Blocks, yeah, huge like this blocks. big, use a of like saw. spring <laughs> water, no spring water, like some of the best water, and like, hmm. wow, just the whole process of how they freeze it. They freeze it at a really low temperature, um, yeah. not freezing, but for a longer amount of time. So every molecule wow. is completely frozen to a certain capacity, so there's no bubbles or cloudiness, what? right? So if it takes like 24 hours to like freeze a certain amount of ice. They'll do it in 72 hours. It's a very slow process, right? And they'll do it in a way. And now I don't know if this is how they do it, but Mm -hmm. how, like, I learned how to do it. They use a uh, process called directional freezing freezing because the impurities and so forth that cause the cloudiness are the last things to freeze. So it's only at a certain part of the big massive block of ice that's easy to take off right and the gotcha. rest is just crystal clear and if you even even as something <laughs> as simple and that as probably like, changes the taste too i don't i can't comment Possibly. i have no idea yeah. you you could probably yeah. comment on it depending more. on the water that you use like i said if you're using oh, yeah. spring water it's going to make the it's going to make the uh the drink itself like very very like crisp mm-hmm. very clean and to build on that like when we proof our whiskeys down we actually use uh, local spring water because the minerality actually uh, yeah, you don't get it, the minerals enhances the the mouthfeel. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's like a little, little way that different waters, you know, will affect flavor. Because well, I know like the square so cubes, uh, mm-hmm. I guess they melt like slower. Right. So that's why like in like the old fashioned. That's why they're good like to the, have. They're good to use in whiskey because mm-hmm. they're not like. Yeah. They're not diluting the the cod, the drink itself mm-hmm. so quickly because if you're putting like a bunch of like little rocks in the in the drink mm-hmm. itself, it's gonna dilute it a lot quicker. Right, and you're pretty much gonna drink like watered down whiskey. At least with that, they already say, drop like a little bit of water in your whiskey to kind of open it up a little bit. It opens up the character, the personality of the whiskey itself. Yeah, you can. Yeah. yeah. See, I prefer whiskey on the rocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if you if you do one on that large, but I do know a lot of like the purists just love it neat. Yeah, that's yeah. where you get Nothing. you know the full bodied flavor. Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah, it's like the highly concentrated version of yeah. of like the I drink mean, itself. If you mm-hmm. want it, like a little, little bit of dilution will definitely affect the overall flavor. Yeah. So typically, when I get a whiskey, I'll always first glass is always just as is to see to see what the head distiller was going for. You know what the company was going mm-hmm. for. Nice. Um, and then good, that's a good way of and then, and then I'll add some yeah. water see if it's better see if it's worse next glass I may add a little more water than the last time and usually by the third glass I'm like alright this is this is what I like you know as far right. as that specific product goes um, so many times I like it as is sometimes like I'll say uh, my opinion like for my like palate as far as like uh, everyday drinkers go I would, I love Wild Turkey 101. I will take Wild Turkey okay. 101, just one tiny drop of water, and it's like for 25 bucks a fifth, it's like one of the best bourbons you can get. 
that's a, that's an OG. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah, it gets a, <laughs> it gets a super bad rap. Mm-hmm. A for that reason, right? Because that's what like the previous generation drinks. But right. I think and a lot of people kind of like consider it like. Uh, check the reviews on that man. No, it actually it has really high reviews, man. It's I, been it's been an OG in the game for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. One hundred and one with like just like a, a an eyedropper is like. <laughs> that's all you it's need. So good. Do you want to pour a glass of this since we uh, were here? That way we can kind of talk about what you guys were going for uh, in this. Give us your little, like, breakdown, which would be uh, appreciated. Yeah, so as I mentioned, this is uh, an 86% rye, 14% malted barley. Um, And a lot of people... Like what do you, what do you hear most about rye? Like as far as flavor goes, spice, uh, right? Spicy, you get a lot of pepper. pepper. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, peppery people usually tell me. And I'm good. I'm okay. good. Had them earlier. A something that doesn't get talked about enough is the fruitiness rye actually gives off. Um, if, and if you, interesting. Yeah. So actually, when I nose and taste mm. ours, I get like fresh oh. berries. Like strawberries, uh, mm. a little bit of blueberry. You get a little bit of that, like acidity. Some people might. I've heard a lot of people say rye gives off like a dill, sort okay. of yeah. like flavor and nose. Um, and I think ours has that a little bit, not quite. I've had some rye where it's like, it's like a like a dill bomb or like it's a. It's like pungent. Like like a leathery okay. sort of deal. Yeah. Like I don't know if you ever had the Masterson's ten year. That's good. Yeah, if you really want to get like a, like a good scent and almost like taste without actually tasting it, so the ethanol doesn't really wake up your taste buds too much, if you smell it with your mouth open, I know it sounds super weird. Yeah, I would say to each their own on that. Some people, <laughs> no, no, right. it's not a knock. Like plenty yeah. of people no, yeah. will absolutely. Yeah, it's just say, a way for it to kind of run through. Some, but it's, some but people also, will say that's the way to do it. I say like. Do whatever's comfortable for you and what you. That changes though. It that does change. change though. It, 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 it looks, it looks, it feels really. It does feel weird. I've tried, I've tried both yeah. ways, and I've also seen people like tilt the glass and like they do what you were just saying, like keep your mouth open and nose, but with your, your mat, like your lower lip actually above the rim, so it's in. Right, yeah. so it's like actually going in both orifices. Right. Um, I prefer mouth closed okay. when nosing. Right. Again, it's all preference. It's right? all preference. I've tried it every way, and that's what just what works for me. I don't know, um, but yeah. So I would say RI is a little different. Is that it's more of a fruitier style of rye whiskey. Like, I, do you get any black pepper on that? No, I don't. No. What it's I, more fruity than, than it's pepper, definitely yeah. Where I will say the spice comes in, I would say the finish has a dry cinnamon. Interesting. Yeah, there, I don't get a very peppery from this. I mean, nope. it's not super harsh either. I mean, it's a it's a good smooth classic rye whiskey for eighty five percent. Eighty five percent rye. That's very very smooth. Right. So very it's smooth. super flavored. Very, very smooth. so that. This bottling, actually, Batch 5 has, has been my favorite to date. Um, we did start off uh, for our rye whiskeys in 25-gallon barrels. That's actually what we started across the across the board for the first few months. And then we just 100% switched over to 53 gallons. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I think this was one of our first uh, bottling, maybe our second bottling um, of 53 gallons, and it just uh, this, this was this is my favorite batch so far. It's like a balance between like richness. It has some of those like uh, chocolate notes. Um, but like it's a lot of fruitiness, like a, with some good acidity, like a like a dry cinnamon finish. Nice. Yeah, it's got a great flavor to it. I definitely see what you mean by the cinnamon, but it's not like like certain whiskeys feel very like you were saying like that pepper, like yeah. it feels very very strong, and that that comes off with a much more smooth and cinnamon's probably the the correct one to use for that yeah i'd say so yeah it's mm-hmm. like i said super fruity um now does that come from your barrels and your aging or it's what is that is that part of your barley sun. your mold <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a whole it's everything on the sun you know and i mean you can even drill down to like it's the, the you know the controversial term t- terroir if you know you've right. heard mm-hmm. it and everything um but you know it's just our process i would say a lot of it is driven down from to the mash bill being that it's you know a very high rye um which i mean isn't that uncommon anymore i mean mgp's like flagship rye that a lot of brands use is 95 percent um but it's a higher rye it's a fair amount of malt Mm -hmm. and you know 14 percent um and i mean you, you guys saw our place so like the upstairs is where we aged something like 75 percent of our entire inventory wow. uh, i think i think upstairs has um say like 233 barrels you know give or there's take. a lot of <laughs> there was yeah a no lot there was barrels. a lot we walked up with so yeah. it's hard to put it in perspective it is yeah. hard to put it in perspective. moving them's got to feel that's what fun. i was thinking about yeah. too <laughs> that's what we actually <laughs> rolling them everywhere yeah. like you just truck uh, them like yeah, four yeah, four yeah, four yeah. Four yeah. so everywhere carefully wow to go from upstairs down to the next floor is you know an elevator and actually in that building is the second second oldest uh functional elevator in the state of pennsylvania what ancient i've never seen anything like it's one of the the old school ones where where, i mean you're you're like pulling in wow and when I the, did kind of remember seeing that when yeah, we walked through the like, big that's, door. That's cool. There's a sliding door. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so you lift the gate up and they actually when the gate's up, it, it's a safety function, it cuts power. Then you throw the gate down and it activate it turns the power on. Yeah, you should live in New York City. Actually and a then, lot of there's a lot of places in New York City. Tons. Yeah. That, that have that have it like that. Even in yeah, Philly, it's super too. durable. Yeah, they're, they're, it's, it's held up. Durable. It's held up. Second oldest, it's still yeah, working. Dude. You guys gotta feel like gangsters though when you do that type. <laughs> you kind of do. Like I'm you know, like good. you're rolling barrels of whiskey and you're just yeah. like, yeah, it's this feels like close the twenties of like, God, dude, this was illegal. Like this is my prohibition. It's like, <laughs> like, it's, like the, it's like the end of the Sopranos when the door shuts. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. No, but yeah, you so you close, you shut the shut the gate. You, there's a switch. You pull the switch back to be able to, you know, choose where you if you want to go up or down. And if you want to go up, there's this big like steel rope that you throw down to go up, right? right. And then if you want to go down, you throw the rope up. But then when you want to when you want it to stop when you want it to stop at whatever level you want to go to, you have to flick the switch forward because there's a stopper on the rope that will then activate oh. and. 
stop you at the. It's crazy, man. Floor you want to <laughs> what is it so hold? It holds cool. like I think like <laughs> two thousand pounds. Yeah. So the capacity is a thousand pounds. So yeah. unfortunately, what so is each of those barrels anyway. Roughly five hundred. Yeah. A little less, like after your angels share, sharing everything. Um, mm-hmm. But like if when, sh- what does that mean? So like over time you'll have you'll lose. So like in the first year you lose about ten percent, and that's mostly due to the absorption of the the lumber. Right. Um, but then every year you lose three percent of your current volume, for the most part. I mean, like some places, like the distilleries down in Texas, you hear horror stories of them sitting on some fifty threes and they can't wait to open them, and four they, years they later they crack them under. Like bone dry. Um, so you, how hot is it supposed to be upstairs? So because it's not supposed to be super cold, right? You don't no, want you, you want heat for sure, you, right? You want angel. Yeah. Shale. yeah. So angel shale do, does help you. I mean, obviously you lose profits. Yeah. But I mean the evapor- but it makes the quality better, right? It can. So there's things like within your spirit called volatiles, and volatility is basically just the. Um, like the ability to whatever it is to evaporate off so over time like your volatility will um like your volatiles will evaporate off and it'll smooth kind of help smooth things out you know as far as angel share goes um but there's a lot of things going on within that barrel that's um gonna increase your quality you know the big thing that everybody talks about is like the wood sugars you know the you know your vanillins and so forth that impart those like caramel and vanilla notes and everything uh but then you have things like esterification that's kind of like the realignment of molecules that kind of help you know improve the quality you have oxidation which increases organic acids that help the quality and so forth it, it, there's a lot so it's of it's a things. chemistry problem oh, yeah. it really <laughs> is <laughs> it's yeah. an yeah. equation almost and honestly yeah. like i don't even know like i'm throwing around a lot around a lot of big terms but i'm not even an expert in that whole thing there's right. few people that really are because yeah. it's hard to kind of or pinpoint or well, especially over a three-year period, I mean, your variables have to be immense oh, yeah, on that, too. Yeah. So, so how I mean, do you run a controlled experiment to really understand the data of what that would mean? So typically, like, like a lot of, like, bigger places that have a larger staff, they'll have, what's, they'll have a staff member that's titled a master of maturation, where, like, hmm. his job is to track and like understand those barrels and what's wow. going on with them over time right. you know that's their job too. I mean, and yeah. then even, you know even bigger staffs have sensory experts and everything um here at hidden still you're looking at a hundred percent of the production staff right now at yeah. this table wow so wow. cheers <laughs> oh my gosh yeah um, awesome stuff man so i mean like <laughs> Granted, I mean, we try to take some time to, uh, it sounds terrible, but we do, do try to take time to taste barrels and see what direction they're going in um, and kind of understand because we, you know, what we want to blend and at what time and so forth. Uh, we have some second secondary aging projects going on. We have the double oak. I don't know if you had that at all. No, I've heard of that one. I didn't, um, I didn't get a chance to try that one out. Yeah, so that's a product that we took already aged bourbon and threw in a brand new unused barrel um so everything so what's that supposed to do so it's what do you think honestly yeah i mean uh gain more flavor from the barrel uh 
I don't want to say speed up the aging process, but I mean it, it lets you uh, maybe get away with yeah, you know, more flavor and not aging it, but still considering it a straight bourbon, you know. Right. So with secondary aging, you never want to cover up anything. It's just an addition to. Yeah. Um, and when it comes to like double oaks and those, um, those fresh barrels that you're throwing back into, it's predominantly about the impartation of. You know, like the wood sugars and so forth. And then you get, like, fresh char contact and everything. But right. that's mostly... We're talking about more of an addition mm-hmm. um, to flavor um, when we're talking about that product specifically. Where do your barrels come from? Uh, it comes from a company called Kelvin Cooperage, and they're, like, the barrel producer specifically for craft. I think they produce somewhere between... I think they produce like 500 barrels a day and that seems like a lot but like the big guy is a company called uh independent stave company and they're an incredible company but they're like the the main driver as far as like the big distilleries go and i mean they're producing far more um right but yeah so kelvin cooper's they have a crazy uh history they're out of kentucky um they started out as like a like a barrel refurbisher so they were getting kind of like beat up barrels and remaking them into usable barrels and then they were like a wine barrel company and then they kind of kind of pivoted to um you know whiskey production they they actually still do make wine barrels don't quote but i'm pretty sure okay um but uh yeah they're they're a phenomenal company they they hang their hat on the fact that they uh they're um production in whiskey barrels is heavily influenced by their want their roots in wine making barrels and they hang their hat on um a heavier toast so i'm sure you've heard of like char like mm-hmm. the char of barrels right. like you have one through four and i actually i think i've seen it they're up to five now but for the most part charring classes you have four four levels of char and right. that's predicated by how many seconds of flame uh, the inside of the barrels is exposed, but before the char process, like and a lot of flame. yeah, a lot of people. It's really cool, actually. It's an amazing Elon Musk with a flame thrower. Pretty much, actually, Kelvin, they do all uh, like it's all like it's on a conveyor belt, but it's all hand hand flamed and everything. Um, Wow. But uh, they hang so the flame. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big, Again, long guns. It's like, yeah. yeah it's, I've it's, seen the process. Man. Yeah, it's crazy. Process. I don't know how yeah. hand. I don't know if it's uh, yeah. Rick Dalton <laughs> sort right. of flame flower yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah. But, uh, they do that down in Makersburg. Like being, being, <laughs> really? that, being an ambassador for them. Like, I've, I've, I've seen But some uh, of the I know they're more hands on during the flaming process than most, uh, they're called Coopers. Gotcha. Uh, barrel barrel manufacturers are called Coopers, okay. um, but uh, they toast their barrels longer than usual. So the toast level is almost like a, it's not a it's not a introduction to flame. It's like a heating up of the inside, and when you heat up the inside, it breaks down things within the lumber uh, called lignins, and there's some other things that break down that make it easier to. Um, absorbed like the wood sugars and so forth. Um, it produces the vanillins and what and it caramelizes the sugars to get mm-hmm. that like mailard sort of effect. Right. So. Wow, that's awesome. That's an incredible amount of knowledge. 
Yeah. Like I said, it's, <laughs> yeah, you dove in. You did more, you did more than forty hours. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, awesome. You did a lot, a lot of, of put it in. Yeah, the yeah. past uh, past five years has been pedal to the metal, and um, yeah, like I said, I'm also you know in the Army National Guard as well. So balancing two careers and trying aiding my hand, trying to do what I can to get this thing off the ground. You know, yeah. it's been a fast. Five years, I got two kids, married Jesus. Kudos to you. That's right. Seriously. I don't have that sort of You don't want you to fill that Yeah, you know, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> but just, just to touch on, you know, I yeah. feel like I've been talking about myself. Like, I could not do it with the staff yeah. that I have. And, I, you know, Pete, you know, is an amazing assistant. Um, yeah. Right, like right now, you know. I met everybody there, man. Yeah, uh, so, honestly, I mean, the majority of, of the mm -hmm. people there, I mean, those guys are so involved. Even like, I mean, even, I, even the executive chef, like I met him, and he's doing so many other things besides yeah. just. Yep. He's not just worrying about a kitchen opening up. I mean, he's really hands on with everything else, and like the sales aspect of it as oh, well. Big time. Yeah, so Mr. Stein, like these two guys. Mm -hmm. I mean, the passion that I saw when I went there. Um, besides, you know, some of the photography that was done, we went over there for the tasting. Like, the more and more I see these guys are very, very hands on, and it is very family oriented, and they have. There's there's a certain energy there that resonates into the product itself, and then sure. that was we like, appreciate that, man. Yeah, yeah thank you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, if I could just like kind of expand on that, like I said, about a year ago we shut our um, shut our restaurant down, unfortunately, um, but uh, we maintained our executive chef, and everybody that was there has an absolute open door to you know when we open up our bar and restaurant to come back and and so forth um, beautiful. but we don't we're, we're small right now as far as staff members go you're looking at the entire production facility we have a sales rep that you mentioned the executive chef yep who we maintained on because i mean he's incredible um and has no experience in this industry and is out there doing sales for us you know doing what he can and then <laughs> wow mr stein yeah is the hardest working individual Absolutely. I have ever met in my life. I mean, I'm talking, this guy will do anything and everything in his power to. He do represents what he you needs guys real do, well. You know what I'm when, when I met um, him, he represents you guys yeah, very I mean, well. We may not, very, very humble guy, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, like. Hard working. Talking to us or talking to our staff, you know, we may not, you know, impress. You, you're going to find more impressive individuals, you know, speaking with them and everything. But what I will say about, you know, our staff is just our refusal to lose. Right. That is we, so true. No, seriously. Mm -hmm. Like. So true. You'll Resilience. You, you may Absolutely. not. You may not be impressed with us just talking face to face, but you won't find a group of people with a greater refusal to lose. Yeah, I've been impressed. I've so been impressed. <laughs> I'm not gonna. These guys I don't are, know what you're you talking guys, about. You guys are I've been very, I've been very impressed. Yeah, yeah this you is guys awesome. are a great representation. And to see it right here, well. like in the Lancaster Lebanon area. Um, I mean, I moved down to Houston for a couple of years and kind of got out of the PA scene. Mm -hmm. When I came back to see all of these places pop up. Like we had Zach from Walt's Vineyards on a couple of weeks ago. He's a great so dude. So to have like super great dude. to have them come on and and talk through the wine, to have you guys on and talk through the whiskey. It's like right here and like I grew up some gems fifteen here, minutes from here, <laughs> yeah, and I was like, my goodness, no this is absolutely amazing. So no, Central Pennsylvania, I mean, it's pretty lit. Like actually, like yeah. if you look at the 
just the craft beer that's produced in central oh, yeah. Pennsylvania alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, East you have, Coast in general. Yeah, I, have, I can rattle right yeah. off 10 breweries right now off the top of my head. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, Lancaster just, has a lot yeah. of great breweries. Springhouse, I love. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. They make great beer. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, what are you guys looking forward to most coming up? So we actually have a couple things coming down the pike, and... Man, I actually had a couple samples in my book bag that I left in the car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but we have uh, batch two um, of double oaked that's still in barrels. That I was kind of mentioning that I'm monitoring. It's kind of different from batch one because when we double oaked batch one at the end of July, and it actually it only had like maybe a month, month and a half of really, really warm weather, and then the other, you know, like six months were relatively cold. Where our spatch two was barreled in mid-May, and it got the entire summer of really hot weather. So, wow! I was with this move coming up. You know, within the months, I'm not sure what sort of access I'm going to have to the barrels where I can monitor monitor them as much as I really need to. So. Um, Will your new space have like a better type of like uh, like heating and cooling system in it? To it'll allow be relatively for that? the same. It's going to be climate controlled. And actually, the uh, is it to a, yeah to an extent we're going to try to for where the barrels are stored. Uh, I mean, they're going to be up high, hopefully. Even, gotcha. So like as much heat that's going to be in there, we want to keep it kind of you know mid mid tier. Right. Mm-hmm. I'd say nice. um, what we can. Heat to an extent is definitely your friend during the aging process. Um, as I mentioned, like, all those things going on in the barrel, it's a lot of chemical reactions. Yeah. So with increased heat, your chemical reactions speed up. That's why things start on fire when things are going too fast. Right. Um, so heat's definitely your friend. So we're uh, very open to letting it get as hot as possible, you know, up on where we're still going to be aging them in an elevated portion of our distillery. Mm. Um, and then on the flip side... We're going to temperature control our facility um, to an extent to where the pipes don't freeze, so it gets pretty cold working out there. It gets really hot to work out there in the summer. and then Polar opposites. Yeah, really so, yeah, cold right, yeah. to, wow. uh, you know, work out there in the winter. But we're going we're gonna to temperature control it a little bit. Um, so we're going to have uh, an air conditioning system that's going to kick on, I think, when it hits 80 degrees. But okay. I think that's going to be dir- directioned to more of the lower level where we'll be working like on the floor of the distillery as opposed to where the barrels are going to be so i think that sort of temperature swing we're still gonna get that you know not mid 90s in the summer and probably hot upper 40s in the winter which is good i mean that that swing is nice yeah you have to keep in mind too other things going on in the distillery need certain temperatures too i mean fermentation uh, we're looking to block that off because we want those as cold as possible um Mm -hmm. heat honestly actually destroys uh fermentations Um, oh okay so we're gonna block those off hopefully uh climate control that then within the climate controlled distillery if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. um so yeah we'll we'll see but i mean we need that type of stuff and i think we kind of got off track. You were talking about like windows and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, in the facility. I don't know what happened to that question. <laughs> yeah, no, we were. Yeah, I think yeah. we were talking about because the Lebanon location, you can see right oh, into yeah. the right. hole. 
So oh, you saw it like the like o- which almost is cool. like when you go to like, a certain restaurants and you see like the open yep. concept of like the kitchen was, itself. That was the idea. Yeah. 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 No, no, that's so I'm not sure if this is happening immediately or down the road a little bit, but the face of our distillery is actually going to be like a giant window. Oh, wow. So hopefully wow. if we ever and, get but that I, I'm not, you know, put yeah. that again, I'm not but positive. But so many things are going to change for you guys over the years as well. You might see something that works and then we're, it's like, you know, next year, let's you know, try hoping. this. And, so yeah. the big thing on the window is down the line, you know, obviously, I mean, nothing's a slam dunk in, you know, life. But I mean, we're thinking that we're going to continue to grow. You know, as we move through Hershey and with right. growth, mm-hmm. we're going to reinvest probably in new equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, the stills we have are, they're excellent for what they're for. We're probably going to upgrade. Um, right. We've been looking at. Uh, Is that to put out more volume or to quality? Control have, your quality yeah, for consistency. I mean, easy, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, right now we have very basic stuff. Um, we want to get something that's a little, a um, little more in tune. It's a. Uh, you know, a little, a little more uh, accurate and so forth. Um, but the big thing with the window, with those real, those stills, is I mean, it's absolute yeah. eye candy. I mean, they're mm-hmm. gorgeous. Mm. I mean, you see the stuff with you know either the Olympic heads and the columns right. and so forth. So to have that in front of you know the big window, I mean, it's just it's well, a big are, draw. It's a spectacle. Oh, yeah. You know, when people come sure. in, they're yeah. like. Like you were saying with the artisanal quality, I mean, it gives the yeah. people, yeah. they see it, they're just like, yeah. it's like marketing almost. It's like yeah. the best marketing you could possibly do. It's for like, sure. I know this glass came from right on the other side of that wall because yep. I can see through it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and uh, I mean, like you can see in our facility now, but it's not the prettiest not thing the in prettiest. the world. I mean, it's not we like try. a terrible eyesore mm-hmm. or anything, but I mean, it's it's a manufacturing facility. Yeah. So, um, but it, there's that ruggedness. No, yeah. Ruggedness. I'm saying that terribly <laughs> right ruggedness, now. Ruggedness. Yeah, there you go. That's the word I'm looking for. I pronounce things horribly. No, he oh, makes fun of me all the time. I, I say it. things that are so like... I love it. And he's like, dude, it's I'm not going to bring up any moments. <laughs> <laughs> my little special moments you know, that I look That's back funny. on when I think of, think of yeah. Uh, Donovan. But. Yeah, no, it's really cool. You no, guys kind of have that vibe of um, over in Colombia, there's um, an antique shop called Bootleggers. Mm. which Capone used to run his rum and stuff oh, wow. through. That's hey, because it's right on the water with the Susquehanna. There's a tunnel like that. that goes from the river itself uh-huh. straight into the building. What? And that's, you know, he used to, you know how they used to, like, up and down the river. Yeah. The river was, like, the riverways for, you know, prohibition, you know, and transporting whiskey up and down, you know, the Mason-Dixon line mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And, like, the major, uh, you know, riverways, they would just pull over real quick, like, two, three, four, Four o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. unload, run them through the tunnels, so right cool. into the uh, into the buildings. That's so cool. Wow, well, could see it. Yeah, I mean, it's just like that underground pathway right wow. there. Yeah, that's and really cool. That's really cool. I didn't know how much history Pennsylvania actually had in whiskey because I mean, you hear of the Kentuckys. Mm-hmm. I mean, they kind of have like the, I guess the reputation in America, but Pennsylvania's got great quality. Yeah, yeah, it was just... So we're trying to we've got tons it. of farmland out here, too, which I want to let listeners know about this, too. This was something I never knew until we went up there, and he was explaining that when you guys are done with your mash, it still has the nutritious, uh, yep. the nutrients for cattle to use <laughs> as feed. Yeah, absolutely. So you guys donate your mash back to the farmers. Absolutely, yep. Yeah, so, like, huh. you're, it's, so... 
you can it's called either a back set or you can call it stillage or whatever so <laughs> like when you go so with mashing you're essentially creating sugar water you're extracting those starches those complex mm -hmm. complex starches and then through addition of uh malt or concentrated enzyme you're chopping up those complex starches to make simple sugars then through fermentation those your yeast will eat those simple sugars and create alcohol but then your first step of the distilling process is essentially just to separate that alcohol from your mash yeah. and when you do that you decrease your volume but you actually increase your protein concentration by something like 30 <laughs> percent Wow. Now, granted, all your carbohydrates and so forth aren't there anymore, but there's still right. a lot of oils and fats and protein that are, you know, very nutritious to, you know, livestock and so forth. And uh, things have been kind of different as far as production goes for us over the past, well, 2020. Right. You know, with the yeah. pandemic and everything, uh, we've had to focus our production on other items besides whiskey. Um, but typically, you know, in a week, we'll mash in four times and we'll first process, first stage distill four times as well. And every morning, uh, Farmer Dave. Backs shouts his, out Farmer Dave. Yeah, shouts, <laughs> shouts out Farmer Dave. Heck of a guy. Heck of a yeah. guy. Backs is massive, uh, what is it, F? It's uh, F, F massive truck something. F four fifty. Damn, it's huge. It's backs his truck up with totes on it, and we pump mm -hmm. spent grain or stillage or back set or whatever you want to call it wow. directly from the still into his totes, and he drives away and there you uh, go. It's amazing. Feeds it, or he mixes. He distributes it then. Too. I mean, yeah, so there's he, so much. He I mixes. Mean, it, yeah, it's, it's too much for. It's probably about like probably anywhere one. between yeah. 450 to 500 gallons of spent grain. Then post first distillation, yeah. um, and he'll actually mix it in with like good feed just to increase his volume, right. you know, and add you know a little bit of those proteins and so forth to it. And then he actually, uh, <clears throat> you know, will butcher cow you know send yeah. his cows when they're ready to butcher and so forth and he keeps a bunch and then other people buy them and we actually bought some and it's just different different yeah like in a good way there's you got you got his one cow butchered uh, and had like i mean how many pounds did he end up getting i think he had like 12 to 1500 yeah yeah but most but, of them you'll because my brother-in-law raises steer hmm. so at about 1400 pounds yeah. mm -hmm. is when you'll butcher okay. But you got to figure a lot of that's like your blood and sure. organs and yep. bone and stuff. So you usually will will come out with like five or six hundred pounds wow, okay. after. Yeah, and he was selling like it by the, the hanging weight. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. By the by the hundred pounds, and it was a mix mm -hmm. of things like so Different quarter halves and holes. Probably because if he doesn't have a USDA butcher stamp. You can't sell like, right. oh, here's just a okay, T-bone yeah. or here's just this. You have to sell it bulk meat, gotcha. which is why they use a variety. So you'll get your ground beef. You'll mm -hmm. also oh, get yeah, a okay. T-bone in there, right. a filet, and all that's, your different cuts. That's interesting. And actually, we've been doing some research on USDA certified um, butchers that he can take his stuff to. And then when we do fire up our bar and restaurant, 
Now, granted, he does mm-hmm. not have an operation where he could just fully supply the <laughs> right. type of the amount <laughs> of beef that we. It would be super on. exclusive, but really cool. Yeah, yeah. it would yeah. be really cool. Something like that. But put that on the menu. we're we are going to feature him as kind of like a very like boutique, you know, sort of special, yeah. you know, here and there. Right. Um, it's which really I good. Think, I mean, when my when my brother butchers uh, a steer and you get like one of those real nice fillets, it's like. Came from the barn right outside. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's and nothing better than that. Different. There's like yeah. a like a butteriness yeah. to oh, it. Yeah. It's, it's just different. It was awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you guys so much for coming on. We'll get one more uh, toast here, yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. that's a podcast. You know. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, thanks really for having us. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. You want a little bit more? Yes, please. Oh. If you don't mind. And then we'll check my uh, bottle of red breast there, see if we got any left. So, <laughs> oh, if hey. there's not a lot in there. Cheers, guys. Don't worry about Cheers, it. man.